Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Palmerbet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer! Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. Sports Day for Kias, EV6 and Sportage, Cars of the Year and Lumo SA, Aussie-owned, made for South Australia. And a very good evening, David Woody and Richard Douglas filling in for the great Malcolm Blight. If you're moving house, use the team that's easy and affordable. Budget car and truck rental, 132727. Get on the road faster, 132727. So welcome, man, the top 10 games played for Adelaide, 245 or 246, somewhere around there. Richard Douglas, Dougie, great to have you on board. Thanks, David. Great to be here. Gee, the seat is hot. Oh, mate. It's, it's in massive shoes to fill, so I'm feeling the pressure. So it's, Yeah, I'll never sit in the great Malcolm Blight <laughs> seat. I stick away. You've, you're very game to do that. It's nice to be here. Are you coming in a good time too? Not so much for the Crows, but the showdown, it's a lot to talk about. We can talk about uh, Ben Rutt and Dane Zorko, but let, let's start with Port Adelaide and, and the Crows. Uh, it's a big build-up when you think about it. Neither team are playing in the finals, so I think the war of words might have been to sort of sharpen things up, but... To Port Adelaide's credit, as we said, they they talked the talk, but they walked the walk. Played pretty well. Yeah, they certainly did. Uh, so credit uh, must go to Port. It must have been a planned bit of attack. For, oh, they all used the same words same almost. Same language, wasn't it? Jonas the week, and so Wines. And... That was clearly targeted, and, and they did it quite well. And I, I was happy with what, what Nixie come back with. I thought that was good. But from a Crows point of view, I was probably disappointed with their application on the on the night. And they probably didn't fly the flag as I would have hoped as a past player throughout the night. Um, and it was all one-way traffic, really, after half-time particularly. They got bullied second they, half. They did. Their class rose to the top for Port, and it was all about Robbie Gray, as it should be. And, and what a champion and great play he's been, not just for Port, but in the AFL. And, and a send-off um, was really fitting. So uh, well done to Port and well done to Robbie. Got a problem with the phone lines if you're trying to get through, I think, due to the inclement weather out there, it is difficult. So if you are trying, we do apologise, and perhaps we can do it tomorrow night. Let's start with the Crows this season. Um, Blighty said, always says they've improved they, from seven to eight wins, but their percentage far better. And they won't get blown off the park as much this year, Dougie. They've, um, I thought they're in most games. And and some of their kids, I mean, even people we thought like Ledlock Fogarty was never going to be any good. His last 10 weeks, I don't know what you saw of uh, the Fog in his early days, but gee, he's been good. He has been. He's one that's certainly improved. Uh, Berries look good. Sligo certainly looks a, a player, which is really nice to see. But I'll look back. So three years been a rebuild, three wins, seven wins, eight wins. So tracking really nicely. I think next year's the year where we can probably make a decision about the Crows and if the rebuild has certainly worked or not. But what I like about the Crows is they play for Matthew Nix. You can see the way they go about it. Probably the weekend was as poor a loss as they've had all year. But they – tackle, their contestable numbers are really strong. So the messaging that he's got and the style that he's trying to get across, the the, the guys are buying into it, and that's what you want to see from from a playing group. Um, and on the flip side, you see like a Ben Rutten and Essendon, you see they're clearly not playing for the, the coach there, and that's why a change happens. So to the Matthew Nix's credit and his coaching team, 
Um, he's certainly got the boys on the right track, but they need to add to their list, no doubt, in the off-season and get some more talent in. I thought they did really well. They got Dawson and Richelli. Those two are going to be stars for a long while. And Saligo, And course, Saligo yeah. in the same draft. So you'd say big tick. If they can do that again, they're talking about ranking them. I'm still not sure whether it's not a money thing, but if you've got money to throw around, whether you need a you know, a small forward or do you need what the, what I think they lack is a is a really big but you know, like a Crips or a Bond and Pelly. Yeah, well there's Josh Dunkley's in the market, isn't he? So we've um you'd like to think the Crows are all into him hundred miles an hour, but I believe Port are as well. So uh he's got to decide whether he wants to leave the dogs yet. But certainly that big body mid, as you said, you're certainly looking for something like that to to complement what they've got already. Do you see like it's going to progress. So Nicky's so confident they're on the right track. And you said they've got the, the attitudes, right? They're playing for the coach. Be it two or three more skillful players. Like Fogarty, I think now the penny's dropped. He's going to be good. McAdams played a lot better footy. Uh, a few of the guys, have, you can see Berry, I think, has made the biggest improvement. He missed a year before with COVID before, so he played last year. Um, he's going to be a really, really strong player. So do you see they can, you know, climb the ladder again next year? Yeah, I'd like to think so. I, I'd Natural progression would say they'd be pushing for the top eight. Um, Adding the captain, Rory Sloan, will come back next year. I'm not sure whether he'll play through the midfield. It might be another role, perhaps, that Sloan can play. But as you said, if we can add two, three possibly ready-made players, maybe one to two through trade and a couple of really talented draft picks, things can turn around fairly quickly from here. I think they've done the, the heavy lifting over the last three years and got that talent in. Um, add another preseason into these young guys, and you can start to see that uh, you know these fruits of their labour coming to to, yeah. to the top. Uh, they had the All Australian squad out forty four, which we can go through after. But Taylor Walker, I mean, to get in there at his age, his last two years, or perhaps even last three years, has been as good as we know he's been a, a brilliant player, but at times a little bit inconsistent, Dougie. But he's a clever player. There's not too many. He's not fast. He doesn't really jump off the ground, but when he's got the ball, he's almost untouchable. He can he can go left, he can go right, and he and he often picks the right decision, doesn't he? Whether to by hand or by foot, he certainly does. No, I'm really proud and impressed with Texas year, particularly don't forget off the back of last year and, and how it all ended for him. So that I know that personally took a lot out of him, um, and to come back and show that resilience has been uh, really impressive. So he's averaged two point six goals. At, a game this year, which is super for him. But just, again, the leadership he adds and ball in hand, he just looks really classy. And whether it's on his left or right, you know something's going to happen. And, uh, you know, the back end of his career, what's he now, 33? So playing, yeah. you're playing probably his best footy the last two years of his Unbelievable. career, which is quite remarkable. And there's no reason why he can't do it again. Go for his, a couple give, more if given you, his, yeah, as long as given you. Given his body right. And he did knock back two years, of course, at Melbourne. So, um, you know, some more... Good footy, hopefully, coming from the big fella. Yeah, the, there's been a couple of disappointing things for Adelaide Crows, but I think they're going. They are going particularly well. Um, what about Port Adelaide? They, they start in hot five. They were favoured to finish top four. Um, very hard to come back. I think only one side's ever done it. Uh, Sydney from nil five. They they sort of got back in, but they're sort of trying to catch their tail, weren't they, all year? Yeah, they were. I mean, as you, as you said, when you're zero and five, you're spending a lot of petrol tickets to get back within contention. And to their credit, they did easily at Norton Five. You could kick up the heels and say, "Not nah, too hard." And you know, if they had done that, Ken really would have been in some trouble, wouldn't he? But credit has to go to Port and to Ken particularly to get the boys, you know, back on track and to give themselves a chance this year. Not to be in the end, but 
Um, I think that says a lot about Ken. You know, we've he's had two really good years making prelims, um, but his ability to, to steady the ship and get all the boys back on track to play some really good footy was um, was impressive from afar. And then they're clearly the best side outside the top eight. And if they were in the eight, they you know would have given a bit of shake, yeah. but, but not to be. Well, you look at the last two months, um, Fremantle they. They could have won the game in the last couple of minutes. Geelong, they were in front uh, three-quarter time, and we thought they, they had an eight-goal third quarter against Geelong. Melbourne competitive. They're very rarely blown away. They got blown away by Hawthorne early on, which is a absolute shocker. But you're right. They always seem to be in the game, and uh, and and yet a lot of the supporters wanted Ken out. But you, So you can see him bouncing back reasonably quickly next year? Oh, I would like to think so. I think there's no reason why they can't. Um, you know, if you give him a couple more wins this year after that zero and five, it was maybe three and two. They're right in, in amongst it. Um, injuries will play a part. They need Lysett back. You know, they really struggled without him. Need to keep adding to their midfield. Rosie's been excellent this year. He's going to continue to improve. Butters, Dersma, these type of players. Uh, Marshall's been fantastic. So given their form as a team has dropped, I think some individual um, improvements have been really significant, and I can really see seeing them bounce back next year um, as long as they start well. So they, they need a good preseason, um, but uh, you know it's going to be fascinating to see how the year plays out. Given that Ken will be out of contract next end year. of next year, yeah. Richard Douglas filling for Malcolm Blight. Tell us about Robbie Gray. You would have played so many showdowns against him. He's uh, whether you like Port or not. It's just a as a commentator, it's a pleasure to watch a player like that because you know when he gets near the ball, a bit like DJ Armand of years gone by McLeod, you just know that they're going to do the right thing. And hasn't he been a wonderful player? No, oh, he's been fantastic. Absolutely. One of those players that you love to play against. Um, so humble. Do you know uh, him at all? Uh, oh, not really, that's yeah, all. Yeah, you know, you see him floating around town a little bit. But <laughs> just a great family guy. Um, just You could just see the crowd. You know, there was no reason buying Robbie's – Farewell for 50,000 people to be there, but they just love him, so they wanted to be there. Um, the respect that the Crows showed for him, uh, you know, everyone hung around post-game. Uh, but just, he can do it, everything, really. He could go through the midfield, play forward, play tall, play small, win games with his own boot. Um, he's quite strong too, isn't he? Very oh, strong. You know, he's not. Does it physically doesn't look fantastic. He sort of just hobbles around a little bit. But uh, it, it looked, when, he plays sore, but when the ball's there. When ball in hand, don't be fooled by him looking sore. He would, <laughs> he would make you look silly. And I know every time we come up against Port, our small defenders were certainly a little bit nervous. And he embarrassed us a few times and, and one showdowns off his own boot. But I remember a couple of times, and particularly that, that game where he kicked that five in the in the quarter to, to win it for Port, you just got to sit back and think, how good is this bloke? Um, another point before I get a break, um, Matt Krauts, the treatment of Matt Krauts. And... I, I just don't understand it because if you ask someone to go back in the reserves and the guy gets 40 possessions and we've always known what Matt Crouch is in. Uh, he's playing the same way as he did for the last six or seven years. Obviously there's something the Crows don't like about it. So I don't think he can change. I don't think he can change his game to suit what Adelaide wants. So if I was Matt, I'd be first ship out. But I see on the AFL news tonight, the Crows players are imploring Matt to stay. Obviously a really good guy, popular guy there. Have you seen the, Approach to Matt Crouch. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been hard on Matt. It's been probably disappointing, all in all. I think, as you said, Matt's been the same player for six years. He was an All Australian best and first winner in twenty seventeen, um, and he hasn't changed the way he plays. He only knows one way, and that's to get in, win the ball, 
and dish it out by hand. So eight possessions in a grand final. Yeah, no, that's right. <laughs> a losing grand final. And I think he's, he's very much the same player now. So I think what's hurt him is the fact that the Crows have added Laird and Keys and Berry and these types, very similar to Matt Crouch, into their midfield. Um, they haven't brought anyone in that's going to compliment him. So that... for me, that's um, strategically, that's an interesting call. I think we've got a Matt Crouch... Um, in the midfielder, in the midfield, and we added Rory Laird to the midfield. I'm not sure we needed to do that. He was an All-Australian halfback. Um, don't get me wrong, he's been excellent when he's gone into the mid, but I'd be playing Crouch in the mid and pushing Laird back if it was me. But um, mm. and I think what's happened in turn is he's probably lost his currency, hasn't he? I mean, clubs aren't going to offer up too much for Matt Crouch, but if he was playing good footy, um, you'd probably get a first-round pick for him. A couple of clubs, I reckon Sydney would love a Matt Crouch because Josh Kennedy's he's going to finish up. And um, you can probably only have one of those in there, though, yeah. can't you? But he gets the ball. He's a player. Let's hear uh, about Matt Crouch. It'll be a conversation around about his year, uh, which obviously has been a frustrating one for him personally. And it'll be, uh, I guess, a similar conversation to what we have had in terms of the areas of his game that we'd like him to keep working on. And we've, we've seen growth in at SANFL level. And I know Nixie's been really public in the fact that he is a required player and, and we see Matty being a part of our future. And from my point of view, I don't think that's changed at all. I sit there and I see aspects of Matt's game when it's when it's at the level and what he's working on is really going to help us because he's a, he's a great inside player. And if he can add elements to his outside game and be consistent in that area, then it um, it makes us a better midfield. So we'll have those conversations and yeah, see where Matty ends up and what he wants to do as well. Hard to accept that. Um, mm. you know, he makes us a better team and, and this and that. We want him. You're not playing him. So. Yeah, he can't be in the future plans if he's sitting in the sand for the age of 26, 27. But they're he's asking him to do left. things. He can't do. Yeah. yeah. We know how good he is inside. They're asking him to do things outside. He just physically can't do it. Right. He cannot add speed to his He's not a legs. sprinter. Yeah, he, he, they know what they got with him. So I just think it's unfair trying to get Matt to spread harder, even if it's defensively. He just he, he works hard. He's an honest footballer. He'll For, give you his all, but he just physically – I must mm. be missing something there. I'm with you on that one, but – uh, you got a feel for Matt. He's still got a lot of footy in him and a lot to offer. So hopefully for his sake, he'll get to another club. Adelaide Auto 4x4, 15% off first purchase. Adelaide 4x4, get 15% off your first purchase until September 30. Sports Day for Kias, EV6 and Sportage. Cars of the Year. And Lumo SA, Aussie-owned, made for South Australia. Yeah, time now for Kia Top 7, Australia's most wanted, the Kia EV6 and Kia Sportage Cars of the Year. Uh, Richard Douglas filling in for Malcolm Blight. We, this, we do this every week. What, uh, what do you got for us tonight? Top 7, I love this segment. I listen on the, in the car on the <laughs> way home. So uh, 7 for me, the Crows' inability to stand up in the showdown after the verbal sledges throughout the week. I thought yeah. that was poor. 6, because I have Pickett's performance Friday night was just electric. He was sensational. If he can do that in September, look out. Isn't it great seeing small forwards? Uh, Fantastic. He's, he's very good. Wouldn't you love him in the Crows colours? I'd probably take him. South Australian boy. Yeah. He's the one you'd be chasing. <laughs> yep. Number five, Danger 300. Fantastic career. Brownlow medalist. Wouldn't he love a uh, premiership medallion around that neck comes end of September? What a player. It has to be in the top seven. Absolutely. Uh, four for me is the Essendon mess and the Clarko picking North Melbourne. Bit of egg in the face of the... And, the and the class hierarchy. Ben Rutten showed, I think, in after being sacked, I think hats off to truck. Yeah, Let's get him back over to Port as a senior assistant, I would have thought. Uh, Carlton Collingwood, 90,000 at the G. <laughs> what a game. That was uh, just incredible. Just an advertisement for our great game. Loved every minute of it. Uh, number two, well, we talked about that great game, but another 
great game. The showdown, 50,000 people, fantastic sports supporters showing up. And it has to be number one, the retiree, retiring of uh, yeah. Robbie Gray. What a champion he's been. I think the Bulldogs celebrating too. Wasn't that good? After, that was very oh good. Gosh. Uh, just uh, Port Adelaide have made three list changes. Sam Mays, Taj Schofield and Sam Skinner. Uh, their contracts will not be renewed. Carl Amon is informed the club. No surprise, he's off to free uh, to explore free agency. So, yeah. But they'd probably get a, a nice pick for someone like Gaiman, wouldn't they? Yeah. Would it be, it'd wouldn't be second, second round, round, early yeah, second round? early second, I would have thought. So that's uh, – you'll be a loss for Port, but they'll be looking to add something nicely in there. I think the Crows only got a, a couple out of contract, Frampton and Jimmy Rowe. So they've got decisions to make too. But be interesting. And, of course, whether Matt's, Matt Crouch stays or goes. Uh, Lumo SA, powering local footy and fans in South Australia, switch to Lumo today. We're going to speak with Dan Churney about all the things in footy. And Richard Douglas this week, fantastic to have him on board. He's filling in for the great Malcolm Blight. Sports Day for Kia's EV6 and Sportage, Cars of the Year. And Lumo SA, Aussie-owned, made for South Australia. Welcome back to Sports Day SA. David Woody and Richard Douglas for weeks. Weeks homes discover different. And tyre power, think safety this August. Get the five-minute tyre safety check at your local tyre power. And uh, time now, Dougie, to go to Dan Tooney from Code Sports. He's got his—he's a man with a finger on the pulse, and so much happening in the world of football. Dan, how are you? Yeah, very well, thanks, David and Richard. Good to be with you. Don't know where to start, but I think we need to go to the Zorko sledge. And you know, not not often players cross the line these uh, days, but for a player to be in tears like Harrison Petty, something obviously was said close to home and uh, hasn't fully come out. We're hearing whispers what he said and what he didn't. But uh, what are you hearing? Uh, look, I, I mean, I, I'm a little bit reluctant to sort of delve too deeply into, into the, the rumour mill, n- not having confirmed it myself. Although I, I will say that um, Mark Robinson, the Herald Sun, reported that it was something along the lines of, uh, was Orko said something along the lines to Petty of, um, I want, you, uh, I hope your mother dies yeah. or something along those lines. Which is obviously, if that's the case, that's a horrendous thing to say to anyone in any circumstances. Um, bizarre. I mean, that that would even cross your mind to say. Um, and just this, you know, horrible scenes at the Gabba at three-quarter time. Sounds like Melbourne really had to try to defuse the situation there. With um, they, they were concerned that it would um, spiral out into uh, intense, ugly scenes, perhaps in the final quarter or even at three-quarter time. Thankfully, that didn't eventuate. You know, we saw the scenes at the end of the game with Zorko and, and Petty, and they sort of, after yeah, a bit yeah. of a talk, they, they, they shook hands. It sounds like Harrison Petty has accepted Dane Zorko's apology. He's comfortable where it sits. Um, it's pretty embarrassing for Dane Zorko at the very least. doesn't look like there's going to be a sanction at this stage. Um, yeah, that could yet change, but it sounds like yeah, I feel as comfortable with where, where the situation has ended. Uh, I mean, it, it's interesting because a sledge of that nature probably doesn't cross into racial or religious or sexual vilification, yeah. but uh, it's just it's still, it's still personal and um, obviously just a... A terrible thing to say to anyone. So, very, very poor from Dane Zorko. Uh, I, th- I think it, I think everyone accepts it, even if it wasn't exactly those words. It was something. It was an unacceptable sledge about a, a family yeah. member. And just don't know why you think to say that. I know he's um, getting on. He's had injuries too. He's been in and out, and it looks like he's a bit agitated at times. But he he's a nutter at times. Dane Zorko he wants to <laughs> fight everyone. Wants to. He's an angry man. Apparently, nice guy off the off the ground. But um, the way he's playing his footy too, he's got to be careful. Like a Otherwise, you might get reported for other things. Yeah, no, you're right. He has, he does seem to find himself in, obviously not this that that level of extreme, but these 
types of situations probably too often. And you're right, he, he, oh, look, he's probably coming towards the end of his career and it's been an outstanding career. He's been a brilliant player, having been a mature age recruit from the Lions. Um, he's been captain during a, you know, a moderately successful uh, era. But uh, yeah, I, I do worry that he will sort of, he, sh- he should be remembered as a, a, you know, a real um, champion of that club. And, and I do mm. worry for his sake that he will be remembered for, for some of these reasons instead, um, perhaps overshadowing how good a footballer that he's, he has been. But to that end, he's only got himself to blame. Yeah, I think, Dan, on that, though, he's put a bit of a target on Brisbane this week. Obviously, coming against Richmond in the following week, the final, heat now comes on them as a club, doesn't it? They haven't produced their best footies footy in finals against big clubs. Certainly put a target on him himself individually, but as a club, if they drop that one, it's, it's big ramifications for that footy club, isn't it? Yeah, huge. No, I completely agree, Richard. I mean, he, uh, yeah, from, from a target perspective, it's fascinating that whether whether Richmond will, will go at him anymore. But but even leaving that to one side, they uh, they they've only won, I think, is it uh, one final over the last three years. That was a qualifying final against Richmond at the Gabba in that 2020. Gone out in straight sets, both 19 and 21. Lost you know, several finals at the Gabba. They've been there about top four three years in a row and, and didn't get it done. And this year they haven't even finished in the top four. So while they, the club has managed to turn itself around on field for the most part, you know, we remember how, how lowly they were for, for several years there. Uh, if you can't get it done in the finals, it doesn't uh, you know, lose a pretty bitter pill. And, and ultimately that's when you, you, know, you, you can get there, but you've got to actually get it done come September and, and they get to mm. do so. So, uh, yeah, a lot of pressure. They, they certainly, if, if they go out in the first week, given their, their recent history in finals. It's, um, I think there'll be a lot of soul-searching that club. And, you know, Chris Fagan's done a good job, but I think the question will start to be asked, well, is he, is he the long-term man for, for that role uh, if, if they have another finals failure? Dan Cheney, our guest. Dan, the handling of Ben Rutten's been just awful. And Ben's such a lovely bloke, and he gets them to the finals last year. They miss out. They've had a poor year, no doubt about that, for varying reasons. But just the way it's been handled in... The condemnation from everyone, the footy public going on to the, the Bombers has been incredible this week. Yeah, it has. Look, it's been a humiliating week for Essendon uh, on so many fronts. Uh, I think it was a long time coming. Uh, a, a lot of, I think, um, a lot of decisions they've made and, and things that they've overlooked in favour of sort of you know, optics over substance, I think, have come home to, to roost over the last week or so. Uh, you know, the fact that I mean, just by into the fact, and, and I, look, I, I'm, this is going to sound disrespectful to North Melbourne, but uh, you know that Alistair Clarkson should choose North Melbourne, a club sort of perennially downtrodden, two and nineteen, having coming off you know the, one of the worst home and away seasons in recent memory, that he wanted to go there rather than Essendon, yeah. um, says says everything about where Essendon are at. And then uh, yesterday, as Carlton Collingwood, two of their few subscribers went head to head in front of almost ninety thousand at the MCG in a huge home and away game. The Bombers. Their chief executive and president were fronting the media um, across town at the hangar, uh, having to explain how yet another coach had gone by the wayside. And yeah, Ben Rutten, look, I, I, he had a very, you know, probably you know, clearly did not have a good year on field. Uh, he's got a young list, um, probably still hurt. Probably, it's interesting. I think if you if you flip the two years, say that last year they'd won seven games and finished third or fourth bottom, and then. And then this year, they made the finals. Everyone would think they're on the upward yeah, trajectory. Yeah, yeah. Um, perhaps a victim of his own success in his first official season at the helm. But, yeah, I think uh, whether you think he's a good coach or not, and I think that's clearly up to debate, but 
Um, I think whether he's a good coach or not, he was not treated with dignity. Um, you know, there's widespread condemnation from across the coaching fraternity. Um, Essendon greats have launched into the club as well. It's just been a, a, hor- a horrible week for the for the Bombers, and uh, they look you know they look like a mess at the moment. And you know they're, they're trying to lure have someone like Ken Hinckley to, to the uh, the Bombers. I don't know why Ken would, notwithstanding you know his precarious job at Alberton. <laughs> Would you but, really yeah, want to go to Western? That, that was my next point, Dan. I mean, as a footy club, as a coach coming in, you want to make sure you're in a really strong position off field. But who's going to want to coach at Essendon at the moment? You know, it's uh, not a club exactly you're going to want to walk into with all the unrest at board level. And, and what, what club? What direction is the club taking? Obviously, a young list, but a little bit of shaky ground. And uh, you know, seeing how they've treated Truck, you'd be a bit nervous going in to be a new coach at, at the Bombers. I would have thought. Yeah, no, you're right. And look, I suppose at the end of the day, there are only 18 of these jobs. So it's rare that um, coaches turn jobs down. I mean, there's, there's very few Alistair Clarksons around who, who really have the choice of, you know, mm. perhaps half a dozen jobs. But um, but especially given Essendon the flag, they want to see a, a, an experienced coach, someone like a Hinkley who's already clearly got a job, or to try to lure a Ross Lyon or Don Pike or someone of that ilk out of... Um, out of uh, the media or assistant coaching or something like that, uh, that's where it becomes a harder sell. Uh, I think if you're going through a process and the assistant coaches are putting themselves up with just, you know, are untried and go for any job, I think that's where you you get a broad range of candidates. But if, you, if they are determined to get themselves a, a senior, co- a, a senior um, experienced coach, that's, uh, that's going to be a difficult sell, um, especially when, when, especially if you're trying to lure someone who's got a good position as it is. Yeah, coughing up 600,000 to older, give them, certainly giving them one more year. If they got Clarkson, you know, maybe fair enough, but the rest has been handled awfully and they came in at the 12th hour for him as well. Um, Robbie Gray, we saw the uh, Robbie Gray plays last game. I know you've seen a lot of good footballers around, Dan, but his career, and he, he just goes about it quite gracefully. You don't hear a lot of, uh, of Robbie, but um, 271 games, he's been a marvel and... When he first came in, I called him the, the poor man's Gary Ablett Jr. But I think as he went on, he wasn't quite Gary Ablett. But I tell you what, there weren't too many other players as close as Gary Ablett with what he could do. Yeah, a, a great player. I, I think, uh, look, I suppose in Victoria, Port Adelaide don't get that much attention. No surprise. I mean, he's a Victorian, um, Robbie Gray. And, and I think it's uh, to, to Port Adelaide's immense credit that they managed to keep him through particularly early in his career, some difficult times, and, and maybe it's a testament to Robbie as well um, and, and his loyalty. But, um, I mean, obviously, also the fact that he overcame cancer to come back and play some good footy. But um, I think Robbie Gray's legacy of all the, of all the, you know, so many great performances and the showdown medals and all that, I think if there's one thing that sums up Robbie Gray, it was his, just his incredible ability in close finishes. You know, he was the ice man. Yeah. We know that. The finish after the siren against Carlton, that goal with a, a second left or whatever it was against yep. St Kilda. Um, I think it was in that close finish against Richmond last year on a Friday night. He had a critical involvement late. There's, there's probably a few others that I've forgotten. I think, you know, so, you know, really, when you think of the word clutch, and it sort of gets thrown around a lot, but I mean, he was clutch as, he was as clutch as they came, Robbie Gray, and uh, a really great that he could be go out as a winner. And I, you, know, you know, I loved on Saturday night and I was watching, that's funny, I was sort of only keeping half an eye on the showdown because I was watching the Eston Richmond game for the most part, but uh, he, his pass at the end to Todd Marshall, yeah, I mean, he could have yeah, just gone, yeah. gone for goal himself and he passed it off and that's just so, like that, 
Some, you know, some he, up, didn't it? Yeah. he would have been given the license to go from, from 55 out, but he went for the pass to kick the goal and a great team man he was. Yeah, and to finish the All-Australian squads out today, normally 40, isn't it? I think 44 this time, but two for the Crows, Rory Laird, Taylor Walker, and just the one, Connor Rosie for Port. Any surprises that made it or missed out, do you think, there? Well, you're, you're right, Richard. The biggest surprise for me was that it was 44. T- GST, I think. Unusual, 10%. Yeah, exactly. I mean, maybe they, they did that because... I, I mean, I do find it a bit funny that this whole squad idea sort of brought in about 15 years ago, I, I think in part, you know, it's just sort of, you know, I obviously recognises a few more players and builds up a bit more excitement, interest around it. And the guys love the debate around it, don't they? I mean, it's just great fodder, and everyone's got an opinion on the All Australian team. Uh, maybe they thought with forty four there'd be fewer controversies. Uh, look, not too many huge shocks. Interestingly, so Josh Dacos gets in the boat ahead of Nick. Ahead of Nick. I know. I think there's an argument to say Nick would have been um, Nick. Nick could have uh, got got in ahead of him. Um, now, look, I think Jordan Dawson's pretty stiff. I think yeah. he's a pretty good yep. – maybe faded a bit towards the end. But, um, no, I don't, I don't think there were too many shots. I, I think the thing with the Australian squad is that, um, you know, I think there'll be guys who will be stiff to miss the team. But I think when you – you know, those bottom few spots in the squad are probably guys that aren't going to make it. There's probably, I suppose – I haven't done the maths, but there's probably 30 that are legitimate chances to make the team. And then, you know, not just – all those guys are clearly had good years, but – there's probably maybe a dozen who are sort of half making up the numbers in the squad, but that's fine. It's um, good recognition for all of them. Yeah, Rory Laird's had an amazing year when you look at his stats consistent. Now, he, he might have outpointed a few of the, the bigger names, uh, midfielders, but I, I bet you they get in the head of Rory Laird because Adelaide have finished down the bottom, but he, he can't do any more than what he's done. Every week, uh, Dan, he's been so consistent. He's only had, a cut, I think, one game under about 22 possessions. Yeah, he's had a really, really excellent year, Rory Laird. You're right, probably... Flies a bit under the radar, especially when the team has not had a great year again. And, um, you know, he's been around for you know, a long time now. He got just 200 game the other week. But, uh, you know, the fact that he's been able to reinvent himself from, from being a, a, an outstanding small defender, uh, you know, rebounding defender, to make himself a, uh, an all-Australian squad calibre midfielder and, you know, probably on the cusp of being in the 22, I mean, he can be very proud. Um, and I'm sure he'll be, um, you know, right, very close to... Uh, Winning, I imagine, what is another uh, Malcolm Blight medal? Uh, to mention your absent uh, co-host, but uh, yeah, just a, a, a great player, and um, yeah, deserves plenty of credit for for terrific year. I think he's a shoe in for his third uh, Malcolm Blight medal. Thanks, Dan. Really appreciate it, uh, your time. No dramas, guys. Take care. Thanks, Dan Cheney from Code Sports for expert car service. Book online at repcoservice.com. And if you're running a small to medium business as a builder, renovator, or tiler. A Beaumont Tiles wants to help you. Just head to iCanWin.com.au. You can run a $25,000 advertising package to promote and grow your business. Our guest there, Dan Cherney. Sports Day for Kias, EV6 and Sportage, Cars of the Year. And Lumo SA, Aussie-owned, made for South Australia. A Sports Day SA, David Wildey and Richard Douglas for weeks. Weeks homes discovered different. And time now for our AFL weekend talking points with Sam Fantasia. All thanks to Polaris. Australia's number one selling side-by-side brand. They've been that for 21 years in a row. Sam, last of the minor round, where's the year gone? It's done. It's just done and dusted. Gone like a flash, Kaput. absolutely. Just uh, like Malcolm Blight, he's yeah. gone too for the week. <laughs> At the most important time of the year, a bit like uh, Carlton. He does oh. it well. Does to... <laughs> that yeah. low blow? Low blow <laughs> Blightly does it well, I must admit. Yeah, he does it well. What uh, do you got for us? Uh, first of all, I've got a very important question for Richard Douglas. Yeah. What's your middle name, mate? 
I've got two, actually. Two. I feel like you've got a piece of paper in front of you and you know what they are. No. No? No, no, these are my notes for the... Joseph Edwin. Both. Wow. There you go. Both my grandfathers. There you go. Yeah. Rare to have two, isn't it, these days? Very yeah. respectable. Yeah. It's uh, David Lachlan, Samuel Frank. Yeah, we know. And Malcolm Jack. Malcolm Jack, yeah, exactly. Jack. It's very formal of... around here. It, it is. Extremely <laughs> formal. Too formal for me. Uh, the Demons uh, smashed out a win against the Lions on Friday night. Uh, Lever and May were everywhere. They just stopped their ball movement through the middle. Um, could this be the game where uh, Lockie Neal loses the Brownlow to Clayton Oliver? Ooh. Well, or Patrick Cripps, the way Cripps has finished on. He was yeah. best on ground. It's going to be really interesting, the Brownlow. Uh, Blighty reckons it might be a low count. I think I think the opposite. Uh, yeah. I think you'll see a few guys get up to 30 this so. year. Yeah. I think Neil had a good game, but you just can't pull a vote when you lose by that much. Yeah, exactly. You? It wasn't a surprise, Dougie, that... Melbourne won, but the amount and how easily they won, that's yeah. not surprised me. I actually tipped Melbourne, but not not like that. In the way, in the fashion they did it, they looked powerful, didn't they? They set up so well behind the footy. Because I pick it for me up forward. If he can maintain, oh. probably not that form, but somewhere near it, he's just going to be... Are they your tip for the flag? He, they are. They have been all year. Yeah. Um, They're warming up I, now, aren't they? Well, yeah. I, I like Collingwood, though. They, I think out of any team, they play the MCG the best. Wow. So yeah. they're probably going to have... At least two finals at the G. Yeah, I think. Yeah, they'll get. Um, so they're going to be obviously hard to beat. And in a close game, they haven't faltered this year. It's been so. amazing. Absolutely. The Giants came out hot against Fremantle, but ended up falling by twenty points, eighty-nine to sixty-nine. Nothing game. Yeah, nothing. a bit of a nothing game. Seven to two at one stage, I think. Six yeah, or seven yeah. goals to two, but yeah, Fremantle worked their way back in. But when you look at that game compared to the the Collingwood Carlton game, chalk and cheese, but. Yeah. Adam, Giants have had a shocking year. Adam Uze uh, coming in next year to try and fine-tune the Ferrari that is the Giants, so we'll see how he goes. Good luck. Yeah. yeah. Is it still Ferrari? That's the question. Yeah, like it, <laughs> exactly. You know, yeah. Toby Green, is he going to stay? Is he not? Um, so they've got work to do, but they're probably looking to rebuild again, aren't they? You would have played against them. They had a few Ferraris going back you know, three or four years ago, didn't they? They had some Ferraris. The question is, can they defend and, and do they want to do it together? So that's they need a coach that's going to be able to them to do that. Maybe if they can't, they'll never get anywhere. I'd be like they're entitled just like the Crows. <laughs> Maybe. Arrogant and entitled. Yeah. Uh, Gold Coast, North Melbourne, another nothing game. But the Suns finished uh, with their best ever finish, their highest percentage. Uh, Alex Exton kicks six and that's about all she wrote. Well, there you go. That shows the interest in that game. I didn't know he kicked six. So. <laughs> and probably will be delisted. Um, yeah, oh, wow. It's his first game for about 10 weeks. Yeah. Um, I think he came in for Rankin. Um, and, yeah, he's, yeah, he's been a good Player of the years, but fancy kicking six would probably be his last game, I'd say. Because yeah. they'll be trying to bolster their squad yeah. too. Guide and style. Another bit of a nothing game. Danger 300th, uh, but they got up, what was it, 131 to 46 over the Eagles. Um, big question what are the Cats doing in the ruck? Stanley missed with adductor tightness. Uh, he's played 17 games this year, but Segler comes in and dominates with 24 touches, 10 clearances, and 29 no, they'll outs. Bring, they'll bring Stanley back finals. Yeah, Segler's only played a couple of games. Just on Danger, uh, is he as good as you've seen or played with? Yeah, I have him equal with McLeod. I had Bungie oh, yeah. at the back yeah. end of his career. He was pretty special. But both players, just you knew where they, where they were on the ground and just when they got it, the crowd just erupted. This and one's a ball, level. one's yeah. silky. silky. They are opposite yeah, they type are players, aren't they? they are a little bit different, but both very special. Yeah. And uh, he's got some unfinished business, you feel, Paddy. Yeah. And we're looking for him to stand up in September. Is this the year? They've been remarkable. Well, I thought they'd slip this year, Geelong, but... Yep, yeah, they've been. slipped right to the top of the ladder. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, ben Rudden's final game as the coach, uh, 141. They lost 75 to Richmond. Um, yeah, just as you spoke about with Dan Churney, just not played out very well. I feel like clubs don't learn a lot. Like you hear, see it every year. David Teague, Brendan Bolton, even going back to Alan Richardson, it just gets played out ugly, ugly in the public eye. 
Yeah, disappointing for Truck. Fantastic uh, guy, but you just feel the players were lost and he lost the mm. players. And, and you'd think Checked like after that week he had, as a player, you'd want to show some spot yeah. and fight for your coach or just show a little bit for him, but really Funny. didn't show up again on the weekend. I look at a couple of their players and I reckon Jake Stringer plays for himself. They've got a couple that to me aren't team players at all. And uh, when they go offline, the rest of them do. And uh, they, they've been a rabble, but, I mean, he gets them in the finals year one, yeah. year two, and see you later. But... Yeah. Uh, as I said in the um, Kia Top 7, he handled himself with a he lot did. of class. He did. Uh, Michael Hurley's farewell game kicked to go in the last quarter. Tigers got around him. And uh, Dusty will be back for the final. So that would be interesting to see how far they can go. Not a bad handy inclusion. <laughs> yeah, uh, not bad at all. Mr. September himself uh, up against the Lions. Uh, as we said, got a bit of heat on them. So I'll tip Richmond there. I think they can get it done. I think yeah. they can too. I think Brisbane are faltering. Yep, yeah, absolutely. They've been so poor. They won one of their last, what, four or five finals, so not yeah, good at all. There's, there's a couple of teams in that bottom half of the eight certainly wouldn't want to be playing if they get through the first week. The Dogs and particularly Richmond. Um, but I think anyone outside the top four are dangerous. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. On their day. I uh, spoke about the showdown plenty earlier in the show, but Port looked on top all game, even though they only led by seven at half time, and Connor Rosie was magnificent and a nice send-off for Robbie Gray. Very slippery conditions out there. It wasn't a great game. It was half time. You know, have both teams having a go, but second half, yeah, Crows look like they've just run out of petrol and Port Adelaide, uh, I think, playing for a, a milestone and they looked a lot better and I, uh, what they win by nine goals. Yeah. Just over nine goals. Yeah, as a Port fan, it was a bit of a fizzer for me. Oh, sorry, Crows, Crows fan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you changed. Yeah, we've jumped ship, but yeah. um, hard to watch, but great for Robbie, champion of the game, fantastic human, great to yeah. play against him and, and as I said earlier in the top sevens, the way that Clubs send off their players now is fantastic, and it, yeah. he deserved every bit of that. Entertainment he's provided for everyone, not just Port yep. fans, been remarkable. Uh, the Hawks nearly stole it in Tasmania. The Doggies kicked a few late ones to get the percentage over the line. Everyone probably just checking the live ladder as it went, especially a few nervous Carlton fans. Uh, Rock Smith th- kicked three important ones. Uh, yeah, windy game, wasn't it great? Yeah, down in Tassie, it's always tough to awful. Yeah, so. down in Lonnie. Did you but, see the footage of the... Bulldogs players in their hotel room after the game yeah. watching the yeah, that, Langle Carlton. That, that was, was fantastic, right. wasn't it? It, it could, could just, be a key uh, top seven. Yeah. <laughs> that was sensational. So, uh, and with a minute to go, they they made the finals. Yeah. Know, basically, 90 yeah. seconds to go, Collingwood hit the front and they're in. Mm. I mean, you'd be, yeah, probably be on their fifth beer by then. Yeah. I <laughs> <laughs> um, and a uh, farewell to big boy Ben McAvoy as well. Um, Blues versus the Pies. Yeah, geez. Great game. Yeah. Arguably yeah. as good a game as all year in it. For Carlton, they found a way to lose. They found a way to lose against Melbourne. Yeah, they lost to the Crows, and they'll be kicking themselves. I reckon Dougie, they should be mate. They've had a pretty good year under Voss. And they will be kicking themselves, but they've only got themselves to blame. But in saying that, this will be the making of Carlton. I got no doubt they'll be back next year. They'll be better. They'll have more um, work done under Voss. They'll know their systems better. And couple I'll of put new them, I'll put them down for top four next year. Yeah. Oh, they could easily be in top four this year. That's yeah. how close it was. I was saying to Wields off air, they remind me a lot of Richmond before, you know, they, they shoot themselves in the foot when they get into good positions. But then once it all clicks, yeah. they, you look unstoppable. So, yeah. Great yeah. game, though. Great, Great game. As long as they learn from yeah. you know, all that heartache it is, but they'll be better. For I agree. I think they're on the up, not on the, up. On the way down. It's good, it's good to see. And just quickly, last game of the round, the Saints gave the Swans a run for their money. They only went down by 14, 88 to 74. Max King kicked five straight and a vintage Dan Hanbury performance with 30 touches. He, um, good way to go out for Yeah, it. I was hoping Sydney could get a, you know, an eight or ten goal win and, and get second spot. We said them would have got two home finals. This time now they play Melbourne at the G and I think Melbourne might be a little bit strong there, but... Uh, 
And the Sandfill update too we got. Yep, Australia's most wanted, the Kia EV6 and Kia Sportage cars of the year. Uh, Redlegs went down by points in the final moments to West Adelaide. Huggies team. Yeah. Oh, wow. Jeez, Westies. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, Couple of upsets, weren't there? Surprising mm. results. Uh, yeah, the Bays only got up by two points over the Doggies. Sturt defeating oh, no. the minor premiers, mm. the Roosters, your lads. Not happy. And uh, the showdown, the Sandful showdown, Port um, upsetting the Crows as well. So, yeah. Costing themselves top sport, the Crows mm. as well. Which Wake is off. Massive, we know, in the Sandful, isn't it? Getting that. Week off and double check. Could the Crows be the first out of port to win a flag in the Sandful? Out of port of the... Well, I'll, I'll, I'll follow the Sandful quite closely, and I think they can. I, I will they the rest a few players, though? Or well, no, they, I don't think they will. Um, I haven't got the list completely of who can who and cannot can play it? in terms of qualification, but in terms of resting players, I don't believe the word out of the Crows is that won't go be for done. It. So um, I think that's fantastic for a young group, you know, coming through, getting to play... Albeit sample finals, it's a great experience on Adelaide Oval in front of good crowds. So I think they should go after it. Absolutely. Great stuff, Sam. Thanks, well done there. And also to you, Dougie, that's uh, day one out the way. We've got a few more to go this week in the big chair of Malcolm Blight. And the good thing, we'll be back tomorrow between 6 and 7. See you tomorrow night, Dougie. Thanks, Dougie. Sports Day for Kias, EV6 and Sportage, Cars of the Year. And Lumo SA, Aussie-owned, made for South Australia. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.